Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, and happy Wednesday, everyone. Uh, let's just kick it off right now. First, let me introduce a comedian and my, one of my best friends, comedian Paul Farvar, joins us in studio. Retired attorney, hey, so Patty. that might come in handy for some of our conversation. Yeah, often I'm ready does. To, I'm ready to give some legal advice that might not be oh, accurate. All right. We can do it. We want to do a segment of uh, Better Call Paul? Sure. Whatever uh, we'll, people we'll, have questions. At 6 o'clock, yeah. we'll do uh, Better Call Paul at 6. How's that? Free legal advice that maybe is wrong? Yeah. Sure. Do, you have a, do you have sort of a, uh, a waiver on that? Do you have to uh, give some sort of... Uh, we'll Disclaimer. What the questions are, yeah. Okay, all right. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. I'm guessing top of everyone's mind is in the last ten minutes. Every single Republican member of the House Representatives of the wow. United States voted to to uh, launch an impeachment inquiry, regardless of the fact that uh, over five years, no other department, uh, including the uh, investigators during Trump's during Trump's administration found nothing, nothing yeah. to charge him with in regards to dealings uh, and, and his his father's uh, influence or the fact that he, whether or not he benefited from mm-hmm. working with foreign companies and leaders, uh, they are going to. And did you see Hunter Biden's press conference this morning? Yeah, I thought I it was, think they did a great job. Yeah, that was that was a uh, smart. And I think that maybe perhaps the. The best thing that can come out of this is that the Republicans, especially ones who are in districts where Trump uh, lost to Biden, mm-hmm. Biden won those areas, uh, is to just run them out of town. Yeah, I think it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt those people that are in the. <laughs> in the uh, it's going to hurt the people that are in the in the in the swing states the most, mm-hmm. and and that might be good for us, good for people that. I think I, I think I, it's crazy that that happened. I, I heard there were a few that were on the fence, and I actually emailed some of those congressmen today. That there was a guy in New York and a guy in Arizona. Uh, who are congressmen who are on the fence. So I, I'm shocked that it... Every that, single uh, one. Well, Buck yeah. was supposed to vote vote no yeah. because he thought that... Uh, he it, was telling people not to vote for yeah. it. And, then and that, he voted for it? He voted for Every single wow. Republican voted for it, yes. Insane. Every single one. And I think that this is also an opportunity. I mean, I think that they can. the Democrats can run the table on them and just embarrass them. That would be the best case scenario on all of this. I think that, uh, yeah, I think Jim Jordan's a trash. He's a trash human being. I think it's going to it's going to turn. Uh, I, I know a lot of people were saying, bring it on. A lot of the. Yeah, I, I, was about to tweet, I was about to tweet that. And I was Fetterman like, you know, said that. yeah, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do that. But you know what? Maybe maybe you're right. I think that there's more. Uh, They've got the law on their side, so I think this could hurt them. The problem is, uh, while Democrats traditionally have the law on their sides, Republicans have spin on their side, and they can spin things however they want. Well, because their messaging is hate and fear. And we don't message yeah. that. That's uh, it's been proven over and over again mm-hmm. that it's financially more beneficial to be uh, angry and afraid, right? Sure, it's fear that, works. Fear works. Anger works. And we go with like, okay, here's what's happening. Rational. <laughs> the law. Here's the law. Here's what's going on. Yeah, I remember when I was trying to one time on Facebook uh, years ago. I think you remember when, right after January six, I. I 
laid out the laws of what violations were happening. And it was it wasn't political at all. It was just here's the legal things that that we're dealing with. And people got so angry. I was like, this is not even I'm not even saying anything about Trump. I'm just saying these are the laws. And this is why I think it was after the Supreme Court decided not to hear his challenges or whatnot. And people got so upset. And it, and it's true. I think rational thought is falling apart, and uh, yeah, we're we're living in crazy times. It's not valued at all. What did you think? Uh, did you see any of the committee hearings with uh, Elise Stefanik had, where uh, she was grilling the presidents of uh, Harvard, MIT, and Penn? I saw parts of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just I think it's and you know I know Raskin has Jamie Raskin has also posed questions to her like okay if we're gonna you know if you want to say these are all yes or no questions do you think that somebody who hosts uh, Nick, what's his name, the uh, Fuentes, the uh, he, who just a couple of days ago Proud said that Boys guy or whatever. No, he's not. Uh, pro- he's just a. He's just a. a evil person. Christo fascist. Sure, like a white sure. Christian nationalist. I mean, says that. Says that. He said when we take power again, he says Nick Fuentes says we need to execute. People who uh, denounce Christianity or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, diminish the name of Christ. Yeah. Uh, includes, he used a word that I had to ask Steve what it meant. Uh, but basically it was uh, Jewish people who uh, are not loyal. So that mm-hmm. like all un- non-loyal Jewish people. And so Jamie Raskin said, you know, is that somebody who is suitable to be the president of the United States. I mean, she's right. never going to answer him. It's on a committee here. She's asked yeah. whatever she wants because that's the, that's the, basically their rules. You know, yeah. it's just time limits and things like that. Uh, but it is uh, absolutely... Political theater. And, and the thing with the Hunter Biden thing, which was mind-numbing to me, is he agreed to testify in public and they wouldn't let him testify. They're like, no, right. he doesn't get to decide. I'm like, well, but they said what, he, are you, yeah. what are you going to hide? You know, if you're afraid of him, if, if he's this scumbag that you guys talk about, what are you afraid of? You could just make him look worse. They said that they were afraid. One of them said, and I don't know if it was Comer or somebody said they, they, they didn't want the Democrats to be able to ask questions. Oh, I see. They didn't want those questions out there. Yeah. Well, I, I just think it's funny. And, and a lot of people, are, you know, kind of poop on, on Hunter Biden. But if you look at his record, he's actually was a, a pretty good lawyer. So I think he can handle himself. I mean, drugs don't affect your ability to practice law. I can t- I can speak to that firsthand. So. Right. <laughs> Paul is a retired attorney. Uh, he is. Uh, he just had a retired. successful show at Zanies in Rosemont, yes. uh, benefiting Alzheimer's. Fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah. I'm sorry, Parkinson's. I apologize. Okay. Uh, but fourteen thousand dollars for Parkinson's. Congratulations. Uh, we raised over twenty thousand. Fourteen thousand was from from my foundation, far of our foundation, to Parkinson's Foundation from the shirts that I sell, the Better Call Paul shirts over the year. We we did fourteen thousand for them. Uh, we're still raising money still. Um, so I think we're going to, the goal was 20000 and we, we reached that and more. So we're still getting donations coming in until the end of the year, and hopefully we'll, maybe we'll hit 25000 And where can people visit to they, uh, donate? They can go to, they can go to uh, the Parkinson's Foundation page, and they'll find my page for it. If you go to parkinsonsfoundation.org, or if you go to my, uh, my Instagram, I've got a link that goes to it as well. Excellent. And and I have found in the last few weeks, I've been doing a few more shows than I've been able to over the last 
several months uh, just because of uh, issues at home. And I do feel like I'm not I don't do anything political on stage. That's probably something I should let people know because I have a political talk show, a commentary Sometimes show. Sometimes you do political. Not really. What would have I ever? Well, I, I think uh, I should quite I should I should take a stance on that. I think some things that we talk about on stage, people would deem to be political. Sure, but I've never had anybody. The only time someone got mad at me was at Kenosha Comedy Club. And I have that joke about the, how they use goats in California oh, to right. slow down forest fires. And then I, and just for a moment, I was, I laughed. And then I told you, I was laughing about how Trump said if they had just raked the floors of the forest, there wouldn't have been fires. Right. And I laughed about that. Somebody came up to me after the show and they were like, how come you, if you're gonna make fun of Trump, how come you don't make fun of Biden? And because it's not a bit that I do, or yeah. I hardly ever even mention Trump on stage, I had to stand for him. He's like, it's like, what did I say about Trump? You have to remember, right? I was like, were you listening to my radio show? Like, what did I say? <laughs> and then I remembered it was the, the forest fires. And then he goes, and I said, what would you like me to say about Biden? What joke would you do about Biden? About the forest fires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And I said, what, what joke would you do about Biden? And he goes, uh, uh, uh. And I go, you can't think of one. He goes, no, that's how Biden is. And I said, oh, so you want me to do a joke about him stuttering? Yeah. That he has a, a neurological disorder right, right. that he's been battling his entire life. He goes, what? And I said, yeah, he has a stutter and he had to have speech therapy and has worked through his entire life. It's sometimes exacerbated by stress and he is the most powerful leader in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what you got. Yeah. <laughs> But, no, but most of your stuff isn't political. I, I, you know, I agree. Well, you know that uh, I found out recently that one of the reasons a local comedy club stopped booking me was they got a complaint from an audience member that I was doing political humor. My A club I had been working for over 25 mm-hmm. years. The manager, uh, Bert, had heard that I somebody complained to him that I was doing politics on stage, and I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they just knew my shows or whatever, and that was it. And, and, and there are comedians who do political stuff yeah. on stage, so what does it matter? I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. I, I think it's fun. I think a lot of people think that uh, it's, it's funny what people think is political comedy and it's not. But like I'll, I'll do shows in the suburbs and they'll be like, oh, we, we don't want to hear about politics. I'm like, I didn't even I didn't even say anything. I just right. talked about. But I mean, I have a joke about Juneteenth and that's clearly political. Yeah. Even though it's I mean, the way I do the joke is and, and I do mention Biden or I, I mentioned Trump in my in my show from the legal standpoint. But uh, but it's not political. And then sometimes people will be like, oh, he, he's he's political. Not so much now, but I think back, you know, in 2016, people were a little more I, tight. Well, I think that I did a, a show at a restaurant nearby and an audience member got really angry about a joke a woman had that her daughter had came home and said she got in trouble for saying the S word. And so the mom is like trying to figure out like what it was. And she, she said was, you know, she said she didn't say the word. She said, I hope it wasn't the slur used for Latinas, for Latino people, right? Or Hispanics and uh, an audience. And she never used the word. And then she, it turns out, uh, and she's like, was it, you know, was it, was it slut or whatever, whatever it was. Right. And the, an audience member got really angry and got up and walked out, was yelling at the owner, said, is she saying that Latinas are sluts? And we were all like, how did you exactly Connection, like you were yeah. good? Well, and, you know, she was looking for a free free right. meal. She was looking for an, and but sometimes that happens. What I was going to say is I feel like the audiences, I don't know if it's that they have some fatigue but, and they're going out because they need to laugh. But I have I've been having really good shows. It was yeah. very fun. I was doing some new great. material. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fun. And, and I think it's and you know why they're more fun for you is because you're probably doing new material. Yes, well, it's, it's always more fun when when you're doing new stuff. Yes. I, I think. 
Uh, yeah, I, I take my old stuff and play with it, uh, and I still weave oh, it yeah, into that's the, the best set. Way to do it. Yeah, so I've been uh, having fun with that. Let's open up the phone lines. We'll get to the phones in just a moment. We're hanging out with comedian Paul Farvar. You can go to uh, Better Call Paul. Right? Is that your website? Oh no, it's uh, Paul F Comedy. Oh, that's right. That's okay. But right. I think Better Call Paul. Oh no, someone has it. Do they really? Yeah, Jerks. it's a common. A lot of lawyers say that. Fine. So it's Paul F Comedy. Mm-hmm. F is in Farvar. That's which right. also is like Frank. So just in case I people aren't hearing me clearly enough, Paul Farvar. It's paulfcomedy.com. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'll find out about some shows he has coming up. And we'll find out what that is in just a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. I want to thank our sponsors, Monaco Brewing Company. It is the holiday season, and he has some great T-shirts and gear that you can pick up on his website. You can go to the Monaco Brewing Facebook, uh, Facebook page and follow his adventures there as well. And uh, he's now shipping to states all all over the country, maybe not every single state. So go to uh, the Monaco Brewing Company fa- uh, Facebook page and their website to find out where you can have choice wine, woke, non-alcoholic nitro brew coffee shipped, maybe some choice seltzer, uh, which benefits Personal Pack of Illinois and Plant Parenthood of Wisconsin. And uh, we are such we are so grateful to all of our sponsors. And uh, Kirk has been leading the charge on fighting back against right-wing extremism. We also want to thank Warren Price, who always does a great job with our, auto, our automobiles. Yeah, Warren's the sponsor of the show now, European-U.S. Collision Center at 4080 North Broadway. You can go to europeanus.com and find out how he can help you with your car in case you get into a little bit of a fender bender. And if there's a mechanical problem, he also does a great job with those issues as well. And if he can't do it, because sometimes there are specialty jobs, he knows all the best mechanics in town and he will point you in the right direction. We also want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. Today is, I believe, the last day to chip in for their holiday season fundraiser. That's uh, making sure that kids have a little bit of magic at the holiday season. So go to kidsaboveall.org and help them out. More in a moment on WCPTA. 20 Heartland Signal. We'll take your calls when we come back. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. We are in studio with comedian Paul Farvar. He uh, recently had a very successful fundraiser at Zany's in Rosemont to benefit Parkinson's and raise over $20,000. You can go to, what's the website again for the organization? Parkinsonsfoundation.org or they can go to my uh, website at Paul F. Comedy and get a link if they want to donate to Parkinson's. Excellent. And we've been talking a little bit about the recent vote. In the last half hour, every single member of the, of the uh, Republican caucus of the General Assembly, uh, the House of Representatives of the United States, voted to proceed with an impeachment inquiry. And my guess is this is, you know, first of all, my son just uh, texted me and said, uh, you know, President Biden's polling numbers are not strong. Uh, this is something else to chip away at his popularity uh, and to but chip away at the strengths. It could go reverse. Right. That's what they did with Clinton. Uh, his poll numbers went skyrocketed after the impeachment because people were like, this is stupid. Right. And I think if you have faith in humanity, you think that people will think the same thing because they'll be like, wait, what is this about? Right. Do you think I can't remember were the were the uh, impeachment hearings for for Bill Clinton all public? I can't remember the hearings for that or the all behind closed doors because it was so so scandalous. Well, the the here the 
hearings when they went to the Senate were public. public. I yeah. remember them. Parts of it were. But yeah. it was also a different time, you know. Right. We didn't have as didn't much have, of a news cycle as I think we it was like on, yeah. CNN. But I, I, the rest of the stuff, it was it was kind of a bizarro situation. Yeah. But a lot of people, that, ter- that turned poorly for the Republicans. I remember right after that, um, Henry Hyde and a lot of those people ended up getting beat up pretty yeah. hard. Well, and then there was a whole... Uh, molesting wrestlers that was did. oh that's that, Hastert that was no, Dennis Hastert yeah, yeah. sorry that's Jim Jordan is the wrestlers yeah was it but wasn't uh, Hastert's the wrestlers too yeah I suppose yeah, all that stuff let's get to our calls Paul from Seattle the host of Kitchen Table Progressives here on WCPT Sunday nights at six what's on your mind my friend oh thank you Patty I'm so glad to be on with uh, other Paul <laughs> who's a real lawyer not not like me I'm uh, I went to the Robert H. Jackson School of Law. That's called the homeschool law. But not a bad homeschool for Robert H. Jackson. Never went to law school, but became uh, the only person to ever be a Supreme Court justice and the Solicitor General and Attorney General. Only person in history. Uh, So, yeah, I'm a a homeschooled lawyer. But um, let's compare what the Republicans talk about when it comes to the impeachment of Donald Trump. And it comes down to this. It's It's not about what people said. It's about what they did. Now, they say that Donald Trump said, yeah, no, you're not going to get the money unless you, uh, you know, get some dirt on Biden. Is that illegal? Actually, no. The president can negotiate foreign policy uh, with foreign aid. And because they point to, well, Biden said, well, no, you're not going to get the money unless you get rid of this corruption. Again, yeah, the president can negotiate uh, foreign policy with foreign aid. But here's the difference. What Donald Trump was actually impeached for, and we didn't get to understand, was he violated the Congressional Budget and Empowerment Act of 1974, which says you can't take money from Congress. The president cannot take money from Congress and not spend it. Right. And so what Donald Trump says, thank you, Dad, I'll take this money, and I'll go give it to the Ukrainians. And, uh, and then he put it in his pocket, and he did not spend it within the 45-day limit, and he did not tell Congress that I have not spent it because we have a problem. And ask for an extension. And, and, and I believe this, fact, was, this is the point where there, there was a memo uh, basically written about the deal with Ukraine and what they wanted delay, in exchange yeah. for the money. That was right. Wasn't that the Ukraine memo? There was a delay. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember how they found out, but there was a delay. And essentially OMB, that's when right. and yeah. the, OMB the figured law, it out. Right. And the law, the, the Congressional uh, Budget and Empowerment Act of 74, uh, this came from a, a little dust up with Richard Nixon, who didn't like the appropriations that Congress made decided he's just going to pocket the money and not spend it. And in the spring of 1974, Congress took him to court, and the court said, the Supreme Court said, no, you got to spend the money. And actually, Richard Nixon signed into law the Congressional Budget and Empowerment Act on July 12th, just three weeks before he resigned. He actually signed the law. He signed that bill into law. And the Congressional Budget and Empowerment Act also created the Congressional Budget Office and a bunch of other, that was Title X. But it, you can't just take the money from Congress and not spend it. Donald Trump did not spend the money, and he did not tell Congress he wasn't spending the money and that there, or that there was a problem. He had an issue because they're going to say, I can't spend the money because I wanted to get dirt on Joe Biden. It's like, no. And actually that, that expenditure or that allocation lapsed by September, September 30th, the end of the fiscal year, and it had to be re- reappropriated. It had to be reallocated. That, so, in other words, that law, the uh, Congressional Budget and Empowerment Act, doesn't have a penalty associated with it. 
the only thing you can do is impeach, and uh, as Mitch McConnell said, deal with it in the courts later. No, 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 you cannot give me everything I did this president. Okay, so then you go on to the January 6th thing. They say, and I got in a little duffed up with a um, congressional, uh, Republican congressional staffer last week who said it's not about saying that the, that the, uh, re- that the uh, election of 2020 was stolen because they say, well, the Republicans or the Democrats said that the 2000 election was stolen and the 2004 election was stolen and, the, and Hillary said the 2016 and so did President Carter say the 2016 election was stolen. And I said to this guy, were any of those true? You know, it's ridiculous. I said, okay, so by your model, why does Donald Trump say that the 2020 election was stolen? Why is that automatically right? And by the way, they didn't say that. The 2000 election, Democrats said that the Supreme Court had no business intervening because they were not federal issues. In 2004, Mm -hmm. the the bit about the um, about the voting machines in in Ohio was not that they were that they were corrupted. It's that there was no paper trail. There was no paper trail. They were all electronic. And in 2016, both Hillary Clinton and President Carter said there was inter- there was foreign interference, which was borne out in the Mueller report. Yeah, even the there Senate, was. even right. the even the Senate, the, the Republicans had its own investigation found that there was. So when they say was stolen, by the way, nobody, no no Democrats said it was stolen. Only Donald Trump said it was stolen. So right. and it's not about what they said. What did Donald Trump do about it? He incited an insurrection and a riot. Yep. So that's it. I, uh, I'm sorry, I went back to the Ukraine memo to see what was said by OMB. And the lawyer for OMB said that uh, the president wasn't obligated, the OMB was not obligated to tell Congress about the holdup because the pause, the delay in payment, was due to a, prog- a programmatic delay. Is that even a word? Pro- programmatic? Programmatic delay? Programmatic. Which allows the executive branch to conduct a process to determine the best policy for the efficient and effective use of funds, even though the United States military had signed off. Uh, the Department of Defense reviewed the planned assistance and it may certify that Ukraine had met necessary uh, benchmarks in order to receive the aid. And I, I just bring that up because uh, Paul, do, Paul and Paul, do you want to know who wrote that memo? Who's that? Mark Paoletta. Oh, you're <laughs> To say, Ginny Thomas's lawyer, you guys. I'm yeah. sorry, Ginny Thomas's yeah. lawyer and Clarence Thomas's best friend. I just want to put that out there for everybody. Anyway, yes. Right. Well, it's just. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Paul. No, I, no. It's all. It's all just insane. All of it. You, everything that they say is. Every accusation is always a confession. Every single one. There's not. There, <laughs> it's what yeah. they call that projection in psychology, right? It's yes. Like everything I accuse you of, I've already done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they know <laughs> it so well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, what do you, do you, do you have your uh, show planned for th- Sunday? Do you know what your, uh, do, you, do you have any guests you want to tell us about or a little, I know it's a few days out and cha- news can change so quickly. Um, because I blabbed so much uh, last week, I did not talk about the, um, uh, I, I, I opened with saying that I was going to talk about the uh, national popular vote act and then blabbed so much. that I didn't get it, get to it until my, uh, out music came in, so I'm going to start with that, and I'm not. I'm going to finish that, and then I really want to talk about abortion in a way in the second segment in a way that I have not heard anybody talk about, and it has to do with the due process of the woman. How come the states get to? How come the states just just get to make a law? I mean, because we have the the Fourteenth Amendment echoes the Fifth Amendment, the Fourteenth Amendment class of the state. No one shall be deprived of life liberty or property without 
due process. So if you're being compelled to carry a fetus, I got to tell you, you're being deprived of possibly your life, liberty right. for sure, anybody who had kids, and your property is the money that it costs you to raise a, a child uh, for 18 years. And I'll tell you what, if you don't uh, live up to that promise, the, the state where you live will be at your front door telling you that you're a neglected parent and take your, and take your child away. So if you're going to comp- so in other words, what's happening here is a fetus, which is not a person, and if it were, we'd be counting them in the census. And it also doesn't have constitutional rights because the Fourteenth right. Amendment says yes. you have to be born. It's a little thing there. Also, so does the Bible. Uh, Genesis that, two seven says you have it's to be a born. It's a lot. I have to swing to one branch at least. You know, the, the, this was the argument uh, that the Supreme Court heard when they did Roe v. Wade was whether or not the Constitution protects a fetus because it's not born. It was part of the the ways in which they won. And one of the arguments, because you can hear it all, the, my son Griffin was listening to it, and one of the things was a right. one of the, the conservative justices asked, what if a child, get this, Paul, is that if, if a child is born with a severe disability and will never have much potential to be productive in life, does that, you know, do they have more of a, you know, does a fetus have more rights that might end up being healthy than a person with intellectual and physical disabilities? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was one of the, uh, one right. of the, and the conservatives, the conservative lawyer for Texas was arguing essentially that that was what they felt, was that a, a fetus that was going to be healthy and was not going to have any disabilities would be more, uh, have more protections than an individual with intellectual and physical disabilities. But the other thing is, yep. I have brought this up with the 14th Amendment, both at this station and other station that I used to work at, uh, because it basically gives more rights to the fetus than to the woman. And it, 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 yeah. yeah. And so they're, they're giving How more can control. That be if, we're, right. if, if, a fetus, if a fetus were a person, we have not been counting them as persons. And it says, even if they're not citizens, from the very get-go of the Constitution, for instance, slaves, they were still counted right. as three-fifths. Uh, so we even counted persons who were not, but citizens, the speed to be born and have constitutional rights, uh, then under, our, just, uh, under Article 4, Section uh, 2, it says the citizens of the states have have the rights of the several states, so the, the, the fetus hasn't been born yet. So right. it doesn't, it's not a citizen yet. So... Yeah, yeah, they vault the fetus over the rights of the woman. In other words, they subject her to slavery, to, as right. I call it, uh, right. ex- biologic and economic servitude yes. to a fetus that actually doesn't have standing. Uh, and I, this is why I don't understand why it hasn't been brought brought up. That it has, we argue, but it's just uh, not, you don't wanna, no you one's run with, with it. Privacy yeah. idea, but no, it's been brought up. Even and though I, the Fourth I, Amendment says you're secure in your person, household, papers now to, to searches but doesn't search just mean scrutiny same thing right Right. I, I uh, let me uh, let me take a, let me just I have to take a break, Paul. But uh, yep. I, I just it has people have brought it up. No one wants to run with it. And there's a lot of other things that I want to address on that. So thank you so much for calling I in, will. folks. Folks, tune in on uh, Sunday night and uh, you can hear a conversation with Paul regarding the 14th, the 5th and 4th, 14th Amendment regarding, regarding due process and the rights of a citizen. Thanks so much, Paul. Thanks, Daddy. Thanks, Thank Paul. Bye. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll take your calls when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. We are uh, driving it home with comedian Paul Farvar, who will be sitting in this chair for me on January 3rd. He'll be uh, guest hosting the show. Yes. How will I I handle that? Uh, Well, you've filled in for me before in other places. Yeah. We're going to get John Duffy here, Dr. Duffy. Oh, yeah. We can get the, (laughs) the doctor and we can take over. Yeah. It'll be hard. 
but I'll see what You'll I can fun. do. You'll have fun. You're more patient than I am with people, I think. That could be. <laughs> Sometimes I don't. Ask folks. Here, let's see. Let's see, how, let's see how we do. Hey, John, from the Burbs, you're on with me and Paul Farvar. How are you doing, my friend? Hello. Hello. What's going on? Ah, we, we got communication. I, you encourage me and inspire me, Patty. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's kind of you to yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it, it was interesting that Paul, Mr. Farver, or Esquire Farver, uh, mentioned about the projecting. Because uh, my comment, my observation I want to say is it seems like a lot of the right wing, the passionate or whatever, they they accuse their opponents of the things, but they do the the same things they accuse. Oh, for, yeah. for example, the can the cancel culture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, again, it is it, they cancel people all over the place, and then say that uh, you know the that the uh, liberals are too woke or they're too sensitive or we're buttercup snowflakes. That's the best part when they were doing that when uh, they were they were so. They were all saying we're uh, liberals are snowflakes, but when uh, Bill Burr's wife gave the president the finger at the wrestling tournament, did you see that? No. About a month ago, and they were all trying to cancel Bill Burr because his wife flicked off the president. And, and even though Bill Burr says plenty of things that they appreciate, plenty <laughs> yeah. of things that Democrats appreciate. Right. He, I mean, he's just he threads a, the needle. But it's funny because, and, and he addressed it. He's like, I thought, I thought Democrats were snowflakes, but these are the guys. And if you go on the. On his page, whenever he posts now, all these these uh, Trumpies are just attacking him. Be like, you're a disgrace. You know, your wife, I've never felt so disrespective. And it's like. Yeah, well, look, also, look. they hate women. So <laughs> yeah. that's fun. Yeah. All right. Thanks, John. I appreciate you. Okay, have a great day. You too. Thank you for the kind words and joining the conversation. Uh, Roosevelt wants to talk about Hunter. Hey, Roosevelt, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Roosevelt? I know, and I'm also on speakerphone, aren't I? Yeah, I I barely, because you're on speakerphone. You sound like you're in a tin can. (laughs) What's going on? I'm also... I also got a mouthful of pancakes. All right, I'm going to come back because Paul will tell you how much I like hearing people eat on the oh, air. Yeah. We just talked about this yesterday. Go ahead and eat your pancake. I'm going to be right back. All right. Stand by. I can't, I can't with people eating on the air. Let's see. Jim. Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? Jim, are you also? Since two, yep. 2015. No, I'm not eating anything. Anyway, <laughs> I defy, you were just talking to Paul about, somebody asking you about politics in your act. I defy anybody on this planet that doesn't bring up Trump's name during a 24-hour period. Anywhere on earth. I defy. If you have that case. I think there are. No, there aren't. Yes, there are. No, there aren't. Yes, there are. No, listen, listen (laughs) to this, man. I'm talking. No, there's not. I'm talking to my 97-year-old aunt today. She calls me up for Christmas. Do I want any cigars for Christmas? I said, no. I said, I'm okay. I'll have on Monday. She said, do you realize that Trump is selling relics from his clothes to people? Yeah. Like a saint, like a Catholic saint. He's selling pictures. Now, this is my 97-year-old aunt, who's pretty much sequestered. I know. Nobody on earth, if you sold a vacation and said that you wouldn't hear about Trump's name for a week, I doubt you, I, I, I doubt you could sell the vacation. So you're, you're you couldn't saying, go anywhere on earth to hear about Yes, I, I would say it's possible that every single person hears his name, but I wouldn't say that every single person says his name, right? Is that what? Is oh, that, no, what no, no, I, I, 
I disagree. I, I think everybody, oh. this guy's on everybody's brain. This guy's on everybody's brain. Roosevelt hung up. He didn't want to finish his pancake on the air. Uh, Roosevelt, you can call back. But, Jim, I was working with a young comedian over the weekend who was just like, well, if you know, literally said, well, if Trump wins, he'll just go back to the way it was when he was president. And I was like, holy cow. Like, it wasn't a big deal. People forget. Yeah. Not only do they forget, uh, Jim, remember how, I mean, what's the percentage of people that even show up? 40%? 45 percent tops for presidential election. Mm-hmm. That leaves more than 55 percent of registered voters that don't even show up. And then that leaves all the rest of the people that aren't even registered to vote at all that just don't care. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of people who don't talk about Trump, don't maybe avoid the situations where they're going to be around people who talk about it. They're not engaged and they don't believe it's being a citizen is worth fighting for. And democracy is worth cherishing. Well, that's how, my God, that's how lunatics take take control. I imagine the the, the, the fascists in the 20th century. There must have been half of the population said, oh, I don't know about the guy. He just... uh, uh-huh. And the next thing you know, they're they're they're, uh, they're in prison. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. in prison. Jim, uh, I had a friend, uh, real quick, real yeah. quick. I had a friend who was a I went to the track with for years. He was a barber in Italy. He, he was young, I and mean, he was young in Italy. He, and anyway, Mussolini's picture was in the school, and he said, "Oh, that Mussolini." He spit at the picture. Well, anyway, his cousin turned him in. Cousin turned him in. This is in the twenties, nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, and his whole family had to blow town. They were going to put him in prison. Uh. Mussolini, yep. an Italian guy that I wish to go to the track with. Mm. So my point is, you can talk all you want, but you better be aware of it, you know, who's uh, running the show. Jim, anyway, Jim yeah, it, when Trump won, they, they, had, they, they had the number the number breakdown, but essentially one in five registered voters voted for Trump. That's all. I mean, so that's people that didn't show up, people who voted for Hillary. So four, a four out of five didn't vote for him. But all it took was one in five registered voters. I mean, that's with any election, though, too. Yeah, and, and, but the Russians, the Russians also, you, you, I mean, Carter, it's, it's Paul called. And Jimmy Carter was right. The Russians elected Trump. There's no question about it. And Hillary knows that. He didn't pick Paul Manafort out of the out of the Boy Scout uniform. He pulled Paul Manafort because he fixed elections in Ukraine. Right. That's why he picked them. Yeah. And he knew to go after the swing states. I mean, no, any, any idiot could figure that out. I know. That uh, you go after the swing states, and that's what they did. Yep. But this time, I don't think they, I don't think they can get away with it this time. But maybe they'll try, like hell. I'm sure Putin is sitting there trying to figure it out. He's it's, got his band of uh, people on the Internet trying to uh, manipulate the election. I'm sure that's going on right now. But yep. anyway... Uh, but the, the unique thing about this is a publicity hound, a publicity hound who won a freak election, who, who was out by the Russians and won a 20 percent of the because at 80 percent of the bookies would give you Hillary. He, he was a 20 percent chance. And, and with the Russians help and Manafort's help in these swing states, he got elected. Yeah. All right. It, to, to our the, to our chagrin, and, and he, but he won't win again anyway. But anyway, right. it's just an amazing person. They, they, everybody, just the guy's insane. Anyway, thanks. Take care, thanks, Paul. Jim. You too, Penny. Thanks. Uh, yes, Paul. I felt like I was talking to Alan Alda. He sounds, sounds, like, he sounds like my dad. That's why I like talking like, to him. He sounds like uh, sounds like uh, Hawkeye Pierce from Mash. <laughs> just a little bit, a little bit. Um, I, I'm reading Alan Alda's memoir right now. Too, oh, lovely! Way, you know they're having great. they're having a uh, an anniversary uh, special. Uh, I think on New Year's Day. I can't remember which. Oh, I want to say, yeah. Huh, With those surviving members, I believe uh, there's Loretta Swift. Uh, Radar is still alive. Uh, 
whatchamacallit, uh, yeah. not Trapper, but... Um, I know who you're talking about, the other guy. Poor yeah. BJ. BJ's still alive. BJ so BJ Honeycutt. Honeycut, BJ Honeycutt, uh, Hawkeye, and Radar. Uh, Jerry messaged me a few days. I'm a huge fan. I watched every Mash. episode again. Oh, I thought yeah. I was a huge fan of Mesh. I, I didn't really so appreciate good. it. But so good. It's fine. I, I love Alan Alda. watch it. No, I watch it sometimes. As I, I like the... I've been... I just finished New Heart, so now I have to find a new show Fair. to watch. I'll find something. Which is, by the way, the greatest show of all time. New Heart. New Heart? Oh, yeah. The original or the... No, the second one when he was in Vermont. Did you ever see the, first, the original? Yeah, The Bob okay. New Heart show? Yeah, it's oh, great too. But okay. the writing, I mean, Bob Newhart is a genius. Yeah, he really is. I, wow, so amazing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like we were talking to Alan Alda. But maybe it's because <laughs> I'm reading the book right now. So We are going to take a break. But before I do that, Roosevelt, you can call back. Paul, I, we just talked about this yesterday with Scott Stantis. I have misophonia, which is certain sounds absolutely on, make me. Oh, my God. What? Should, what? What was Paul? What is Paul eating? Was a, was yes, we, ta- we was mentioned a it yesterday. Game we used to play yeah, on uh, another radio show. Yeah, where, it made uh, me crazy. And people fun. liked it. It was almost always celery or chips. I love those games. Oh those are the kind of those way. That's why you brought me in originally when I'd come on. Is I'd come up with different games we could play. Yeah, we did. Uh, well, so we don't we, have to have these deep conversations about life. I know, but we did have one which was uh, <laughs> asking Trump voters to explain it to yeah. us. Yeah. And they, and For a free pizza. It was always, do you remember it was almost Without always. saying Hillary. The only, as yes. soon as they said Hillary, they'd get buzzed. Yes. And I think that almost every single one was immigration. No, we would we would say, what did he do today? Like, defend him right. today and tr- try to explain it to us. Right. Without uh, saying Hillary. And if you if it's logical, we'll, we'll give you a free pizza. Right. And one guy had, one time, we, someone did one once. They talked to us. But most of the time, they were afraid to talk to you because they were intimidated. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Let me take a break here. We got more phone calls to take when we come back. 773-763-9278. That's 773-763-WCPT. You can also text us to the same number. Get your calls when we come back in a moment. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. In your communities in Chicago. On WCPT 820. We are hanging out in the studio. Comedian Paul Farvar joins me. You can go to paulfcomedy.com to find out about his uh, performance schedule. And uh, we've had a couple callers on hold, and we have one that's just called back. But I'm going to go to Dave first because now he's been on hold quite a bit. Dave, how are you doing? You want to talk about Ukraine, yes? Yeah, yeah. We'll talk. Hey, I'll give you a quick quiz. Oh, boy. You were talking about uh, uh, Mike Farrell's uh, wife. Who's wife, Mike Farrell's wife, DJ's wife? In real life, Mike Farrell's wife. Yeah. Don't use that phone. I'm not. Uh, I do you know Paul? No, I don't. Who is no, it? No, who is it? Shelly Faberez. I don't know who that is. Who is that? She was, she was the one that was with Elvis and stuff in the movies years before. And oh. Mm. Before my time. <laughs> <laughs> before my time. I, I love that you think that okay. something happens before your time. But I love That's a yeah. good call. We couldn't uh, yeah. think of his name. But he used way. to be... Uh, that's his real name. He used yeah, to be right, the right. executive board of SAG-AFTRA, actually. That's before your time. Even. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You and uh, you guys were talking about Ukraine last night. Okay. And you figure that Russia is going to go on to Poland and other nearby NATO countries. And Putin might like to, but uh, there was a report all about a month ago where Russia is losing like 900 troops a day in that meek. Over 80% of the troops that they had at the start are gone. Wow. Either, uh, yeah. One way or the other. Like I said, he'd like to go into the other ones. And he 
constantly been emptying out the prisons, you know, throwing these conscripts up the front after one day of training and give them a rifle with five bullets and tell them to find the, the rest yourself. And most of the best and brightest and techie ones, they're bugging out of Russia. They're trying, you know, they don't want to go, you know, be forcibly conscripted. So, you know, because the Russians' attack plan is to just overrun and flood the zone, you know, flood the the, the front, you know, with troops. And if they don't, their uh, officers or whatever will shoot them. So it's kind of like, which do you want me to do, stab you or shoot you, you know, to, you know, but to overrun the positions on that. And, and Patty being a history major, you should know this one. Back in 1939 and 40, way before our times, Finland had been attacked by Russia. So Finland was Ukraine before there was a Ukraine. Same thing. That he, The big difference in that one, though, is that we Finns didn't get armaments and stuff. They asked England, France, America, and that for help, you know, with armament to fight these Russians. But they tucked their tail between their legs because they were possibly might have to mix it up with the communists. Yeah, they lost so, part of their territory in that. The Finland, yeah, they, did. Finland had, they signed a treaty yeah, with Moscow. Yeah, that, after that second go-around. Because yep. that first one was the winter war, the second one was was the, the uh, continuation. But Finally, and a lot of the Finns are mad. They did not want to sue for peace. They wanted to keep going at it. But uh, the uh, and part of the deal was, like you say, Russia got 11% of their land, or the eastern portion, called Karelia. And they still ain't giving that up, even though they, they had all the other ones, like Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. They gave them back to those people, you know, after they polluted them with... You know, with uh, atomic stuff and you name it, but uh, well, it looks like they're not going to. Ukraine came to America to try and get more money yesterday. It doesn't go well for it didn't them. Go well? No, it did not. By the way, right. uh, Finland just joined NATO this year, and that yeah. which oh yeah, had know. to take off. But I, I feel like I feel like the, what the Republicans are asking for is if they put money in for border, whatever. It's like why why not the Senate? I feel like the Senate is a little more reasonable because I feel like most of those. The senators on the on the Republican side want to support Ukraine, right? Because that's traditional uh, Republican belief, right? They want to defeat Russia, hold off Russia. Yeah, right. Mitch McConnell is very pro. So it's like, well, why don't they just figure out something with the border? Because then they won't have anything to campaign on. It's like us with no, abortion. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying that they're saying they the Republicans are saying they want money for the border, and it's like okay, but they know that they won't get it in exchange for. Agreeing on the funding for Russia for Ukraine, they they don't they 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 say they want something for the border, and then they don't show up and they don't vote on it. They don't. Inc- oh, right. There's been plenty of other packages that that's been included in, and they refuse to vote on it. No. Yeah. But the, but <laughs> yeah, the Senate, it, it different. It's different on the Senate side, though. Is this coming from the Senate side for the for the money for the funding? For the, I, that, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Back at you know back with that uh, on that Finns where the. Uh, Russians, they had attacked the Finns' gunners, you know, in mass like that. And they were cutting them down like firewood. And Mannerheim, the, the brilliant general for Finland, he had to switch out gunners every now and then because even though they were the hated enemy, deep down in the back of their mind, they still realized these people were humans. You know, it was really affecting these guys, you know, that mm. these people were getting chopped up, you know, that the 
and he kept, just kept sending them. Ugh. Horrifying. Yeah. Yep, they're willing to do anything. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Anyway, that was I thought I'd touch on that. The guys Thank you guys mentioned that about the history before World War Two, Right. You know. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Let's. uh, And Roosevelt has finished his meal. Uh, I also like uh, breakfast for dinner. How you doing, Roosevelt? Hey, how you doing, Patty? Thank you for taking my call. I apologize, but there's no warning to let me know if I'm there. If I'm not, (laughs) that's okay. Patty just has an aversion. Look, sometimes he's on hold for 20 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour. He never knows. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's all. It makes it hard. Then when you're multitasking, I'm, I'm making pancakes for my kids, so. Okay. Uh, um, did, did I mention yeah. I have misophonia? Well, <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are we on speakerphone? No. Uh, I don't know, to be honest with you. I lost track because I'm trying to multitask here. I, I, I might be. I, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I'm trying so to keep funny. up with Here, everything. Like I husband, don't want to burn my husband, this would, my husband would call me sometimes, and he'd have he'd be washing the dishes, and I'm like, I have to get off the. I can't take it. Too the, much noise. The water. Yeah, yeah, it would just make me nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Roosevelt. My okay. Husband, Roosevelt. My okay. What I wanted to say. Good. No, my husband's commiserating with you right now. He's like, Oh my God, her thing with her ears. Go ahead. What's that? <laughs> your my Roosevelt. Uh, what I wanted. What I wanted to say is, these. Well, you know, all this is coming from Trump far as I'm concerned. Okay, so this is the same tired plan. This is Hillary's emails. This is uh, the president of Ukraine. I'm not going to give you the javelins unless you start something up with with, with the uh, Biden family. It's the same tired plan. Mm -hmm. It's the same, same thing as far as I'm concerned. But here's the thing, though. It's like one of you said that... uh, that you brought up, uh, very, very interesting that you brought up uh, Clinton, and they impeached him. But that was more of a personal thing. You know what I'm saying? In, in other words, it was his personal life and what he did in the White House, and you guys know the whole spiel. But anyway, I believe that this is going to backfire, because this is not going to help. They always claim that, they, that the Democrats don't do anything for the middle class or the common man, and they... Run up the debt and all this garbage. How is this going to help anybody? As far as the, you know, the the the, the economy or anything. And besides, well, I'm talking about the economy. Look at the prices of uh, Gas. gasoline. You yeah. mentioned it. You mentioned it yesterday, Petty. Yeah, and I when when I and I went and took your information and, and repeated it on the Spanish station. As far as you seeing that uh, you went to Kenosha and uh, the gasoline was two fifty nine, two sixty nine, yep. whatever that was, yeah. and then and then this lady, uh, this lady called up and she says he's right. I live in Kenosha and it's either two fifty nine or two sixty nine. Yeah. So good. So yeah. and that's it. And that and that's the thing that makes me mad. You, you know, people criticize Biden as far as the price of gasoline when it goes down. Nobody mentions it, or it's rarely mentioned. And, and the job situation, the jobs, the lowest it's been in 50 years. And yep. we have to, as Democrats or progressives or liberals, I, I don't care. I go straight to liberal. I don't even stop at progressive. So we got to continue me- that with that message. And um, Record-breaking day on Dow Jones broke the 37,000. I was going to say that. I was yep. going to come to that. Yep. And the Fed said that they're gonna, so, they're gonna, we're going to have at least three credit. That's another one. Yep. Uh, interest rate drops. That's another one. The, yeah. inter- the interest rates. I don't know much about that stuff, but I do know the interest rates and stuff like that. <clears throat> so we got to continuously on almost every show, if not, uh, you know, 
at least once or twice mentioning you know, all these accomplishments because people don't, uh, like you said before, perception is becomes reality when it comes down. And if you let these idiots constantly repeat the same thing, it becomes, uh, it reality. becomes reality in, in people's... Uh, People's Paul, perception. Paul would like to say something. Go ahead. I, I think you're right, and but more importantly, I think that with gas prices going down and the and the Dow Jones going up, I think Republicans now know they need to have something else in their back pocket to campaign against Biden. A lot of people are just are anti Biden now because of the economy, and I think that's. You know, keep it simple, stupid. That's the longest running thing. And in, in, in voting, it's going to be it's going to be like that. And inflation is going. To, uh, who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, yeah. Prices are still up on a lot of items. But I think that's a lot of that has to do with uh, greed and, and a lot of things with with corporations. But here's the thing. That stuff corrects itself in the end, because what happens is. People are going to start making more money now. Well, the Dow Jones is going up, so they're going to see more money in their pockets. They're going to be bet- make better decisions. And then corporations are going to eventually have to lower their prices on stuff. And, and, uh, and things are going to, it's going to keep going around and around. I, so I don't, I think it's a year out. A lot of the people are just saying, oh, Biden hasn't done anything. But it's like, look, he's done a lot. And it takes some, some especially with the economy, which I don't know anything about. Uh, Things are gonna things are gonna change in the next year. If if the economy continues to grow, then you're gonna see Biden's numbers go up. What does the symbol wrap it up mean to you? Or I have to go to a break. This is this means I have That's to go a to break. a break. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Roosevelt. I have to go because. Oh, sorry. I thought this was a break. <laughs> this I went like this, which meant wrap it up, wrap it up. Oh, I thought you meant circular. And I went like this, and then I went to like a snapping oh, thing. I gotta go, Roosevelt. I can't even really say goodbye to you. I gotta run to the break and uh, news more after this on WCPT twenty Heartland Signal. Thank you so much for joining us. We want to say hello to our friends in Minneapolis, St. Paul, listening on KTNF 950 AM as they join us on WCPT 820 in Chicago. In studio, I have comedian and former lawyer uh, Paul Farvar joins us. You can go to paulfcomedy.com to learn more about his schedule and uh, how you can catch his shows. Uh, We have been talking a lot about women's reproductive rights and protections. Uh, As you know, uh, the uh, Texas Supreme Court decided, I don't even, was it two years ago, to uh, basically... uh, circumvent any protections that were there for Roe v. Wade. And of course, when Roe v. Wade fell, things got even harsher in Texas. And in the last couple of days, we've learned a lot about Kate Cox and we should not. We should not know anything about Kate Cox. That's the whole point of Roe v. Wade is it's it's privacy. I shouldn't know anything about the fatal disorder that her, her fetus has. I shouldn't know any of it. I shouldn't know whether or not someone's getting an abortion because they've Private. been raped or they're too young or they don't want it. Right. I shouldn't know any of it. And fortunately, there are people in Texas, there are organizations that are helping young people have access to abortion. And joining us from Jane's Due Process is Jamie. Sorry, that was a very uh, long way to bring you on the show, Jamie. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Uh-oh. Pretty good. I'm pretty great uh, for to be an abortion pro- uh, uh, fund in Texas. I'm doing pretty great. It, it's a, it is a, a crazy time because essentially with Kate Cox, they've shown us the lengths they're willing to go to control women and girls, aren't they? 
Yes, they they really are. And we feel for Katie Cox. And I just want to echo what you're saying. Is we shouldn't know anything about her or what she is going through unless we are a close friend and family member and she wants to share. Um, but her story shouldn't be a story that we have to share in order to make this the, the Texas Supreme Court, the Texas legislator, um, do what they're supposed to do, which is protect Texans. Right. And, and uh, you know, I've talked about this. You know, they, they'll they trot out uh, up and even, you know, before Roe v. Wade fell and we had the Dobbs decision or even since, they'd be like, well, you know, there's so many pro well, – I shouldn't say pro anything. They're forced birthers. They believe in forcing a woman or a girl to follow through on a pregnancy that is either dangerous or unnecessary or unwanted. Again, whatever reason. But they'll say, oh, well, you know, I believe in exceptions. And, and it doesn't matter if you – I don't care what you believe in. It's none of our business. It doesn't matter if someone is a, is a victim of sexual assault. That's the other thing, too. Jamie, that I've talked about recently is when people are like, well, you know, if a woman's raped, she shouldn't have to carry the pregnancy. Okay. Well, you barely believe women when we say we've been sexually assaulted. Right, Jamie? Right. That's exactly it. So if you barely believe us, then why would you believe us when we're seeking an abortion? Right. And it doesn't it doesn't matter what reason we're trying to get an abortion. We should be able to get it in our home state. We shouldn't have to travel thousands of miles, spend the night in a hotel, and get in uh, just a, a necessary medical procedure. Yes. So I tell us how where Jane's due process came from and how people can help you guys out. Yeah, so um, Jane's due process was founded in 2001 um, as a clap back to state legislators who passed the first parental rights law in Texas requiring minors to either uh, have parental consent or ask a judge for permission to access abortion. Um, so we started as a free pro bono legal service providing teens across the state um, access to lawyers uh, and case managers to work and help them through what was was just a uh, tremendously hard time to get an abortion. Um, And so since then, we have grown exponentially. We do a lot of advocacy work. And, uh, and, you know, now we fully fund teens' abortions out of the state. We provide practical support. So we'll pay for housing, lodging, flights, all um, child care stipends for teens that already have children, uh, wage reimbursements, things of that nature. Um, and so you can find out more about us at jamesdueprocess.org. We're also on all of your social media. Um, we are always looking for volunteers to help work our hotline and our text line and help Texas teens access the reproductive services they need. It's incredible work that you're doing. And and, and uh, I really have to imagine that you are busy 24-7 because of how severe the restrictions are in Texas. Uh, from what I, I've seen, I, I believe the number I last saw was, thir- and the words I have to use are, uh, unconscionable. Uh, I believe 34 women and girls have been allowed to have an abortion this year. Does that sound correct? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and insane because we've had to send over 150 teens just in the last six months uh, alone um, out of state to access abortion. Uh, and that doesn't even count the numbers that our partners are doing. Are there? I, I'm on your website now. Are are there, are people actively trying to suppress your actions and the things that you guys are doing for for people seeking abortions? Like, <laughs> what interference are you guys seeing? Because it's it's pretty clear on your website, you know, what you guys are doing. I, I'm assuming there's a backlash to that, and especially in Texas. 
Um, you know, there's a little backlash, right? But we are fighters, and we fought since day one. We'll continue fighting today. Uh, so every now and then, there are some antis who will name us in lawsuits. So we just got named in the San Antonio, um, the city of the city of San Antonio's lawsuit from uh, Jonathan Mitchell and some other um, anti-choice people who are seeking discovery. They're seeking all of the information about our clients, about our staff. Wow. All of this, and we have an amazing uh, legal team who fought back. And uh, because of their fighting back, we didn't have to produce any of that discovery. But you know, they're always trying to get more information. But teams are finding us anyway, um, and that we are thankful for. Right. And 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 what about in terms of now uh, outside of the legal stuff? Are you guys facing other hurdles with people that are trying to to make it harder for you guys to do what you're doing for for, for women? Um, yeah, so not really. So JDP, Good. even when we were founded, always really stayed under the radar. People know we're here, um, but it's the people who are looking for us who know we're here. Uh, we tend to to have. We have louder partners, louder, louder folks that are that you feel the brunt of it. Um, but for right now, our teams are safe. Our James are out getting their abortions and coming home to safe environments. Um, and it's you know, um, just from us. We're doing what we can. That's incredible. I mean, it's, it's great. You guys have yeah. been in doing this since 2001. So I feel like right. you're ahead of the you're ahead yeah. of the curve. So I would imagine that you'd be a target. But I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That you're not, so that's good to hear, especially in Texas. Oof. Yeah, it, yeah, it's good. I, I wonder if you've had conversations with people who had previously supported the, you know, the, the efforts to overturn Roe v. Wade or restrict abortion care. Are you hearing from people who are like, I had no idea it was going to get this bad? Can you tell us anecdotally? Anecdotally? I'm not using that word correctly. You know what I'm saying? Anecdotally. Thank you. I said this, I just pronounced it better than you. If you've come across people with that, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, was, I, I swung for the fences with a word Anecdotal. I rarely use, and I didn't, it didn't it's work. It's hard to say. Well, because I think because we're talking about something that's such a sensitive issue, and I don't want to you know, put you on the spot. That's why I put it that way, and I, I failed badly. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I think what we're, what we're mostly hearing right now are from folks who not necessarily um, were against abortion or wanted Roe to fall, but just didn't see that it was it could be anything that would heavily affect them. So they've oh. now become donors. They've become people who want to volunteer and work with us. They're spreading our message. They're asking how um, they can be pillars in their community for reproductive justice. Um, and so that has been really exciting. Um, I know that we we just did an event with um, a partner organization who was like, I don't really know if I'm comfortable supporting teens accessing abortion. Um, and, we've, and so we've been able to do a lot of that culture work recently because for some reason, it's, you know, very stigmatized for a teen to have an abortion. But I was a teen parent, uh, and the stigma I faced, the things that I faced as a teen parent, I wouldn't want anyone else to face. I wouldn't want my daughter to face. And if she wanted to make this choice, I'd want her to make this choice for herself. That's an argument that, that makes me crazy sometimes. People will say, what if, you know, that, to me, they'll say, what if your mother aborted you? And I'm like, I would have never known, and you wouldn't have a loudmouth comedian <laughs> talking about my political views on the right. air. So, it's a win-win like, <laughs> or a lose-lose. Exactly. I, I wouldn't have known, and it would be none of your business. That's the bottom yeah. line. 
Yeah, and it would have been my mother's choice. And honestly, I wouldn't have so many bills. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Are you in my head right now? Were you looking at my bank statements going, oh, right. man, this is this is not going well. Uh, I, I also, uh, you know, we, we've been talking a little bit about uh, where people can uh, in Texas turn for not just turn to you and organizations like yours for abortion care. But you're not close to like is New Mexico the option? Where, where can you go? Where can people go for these? This Are you allowed kind of to tell us the strategy? <laughs> no, I don't know about that. <laughs> Because Candy and I were just talking about that before off the air. I'm like, God, it's really hard to find something in Texas. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we're sending people mostly to New Mexico and the small town in Illinois. We fly them into St. Louis, and then they have to drive across the state border um, to go to this small town whose name is escaping me. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, but, you know, they're they're flying. We had a lot of folks in the beginning who were driving, um, and we'd hear back from them about how terrible the drive was, especially, you know, if you're coming from East Texas, where I live in Houston, uh, driving all the way across this straight state to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. it's hard. Um, so we've got a lot of folks who are doing some doing a lot of flying, sometimes for the first time. Well, please tell them that they're probably also flying to Illinois for the first time. So uh, please tell them we apologize if the weather is uh, unkind because uh, it, it is a little chilly. So, it's, I mean, it's like harsh all around. Here's something that, look, when I was in college and I had a scare where I thought that I might be pregnant and I had a doctor who left me in the exam room long enough to, he said on his way out, he goes, it sounds to me like you have the symptoms of a pregnancy and then left me alone for 40 minutes. So I basically lived out my entire life and all the options I had. But I mean, this was amongst them was whether or not I would terminate a pregnancy because I was young and not married and wasn't in love with this guy. And I was I mean, that's that's a choice, too. It simply is. Mm -hmm. And it should always be a choice. And, you know, what you probably didn't have to do was leave your hometown, leave your state access. Um, And that's what our Texans are feeling right now is they have been having to leave the state since Roe fell last year, uh, over a year ago, a year and a half ago now. Um, What's so fun that we talk about on staff all the time is that I joined the day before Roe fell. Really? Um, Yeah. And I spent my first day of work in lawyer meetings. And I am a lot of things, but I have never been a lawyer. Um, You're not not missing anything. (laughs) Paul's retired from lawyering. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it just hearing what folks were going to have to go through made me realize that I made the right choice in employment, but also just in the move to Texas and doing what I do now and watching my staff as they've overcome all of these challenges from this six week ban that we had to the row, to row falling into reopening in this weird way of abortion funding, having to send people very far from home. Ugh. Has it changed the political climate in the sense that you feel like there's a chance? I've heard people say that Texas is, you know, may go blue eventually or, or something. Has this, is this something that you see on the horizon? Have you noticed any political movement because of Roe v. Wade and because of this recent incident that you think may translate to wins in, 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 the, in the elections there or no? Um, I think it will. I think we'll know more in the 2024 election. Right. Um, 
I do see I do see the change and I, I see it because as I go out and I'm starting to meet more people and talk to people like at my daughter's school because she's now in uh, middle school and new parents and doing activities as they ask me what I do and I say, oh, well, I work for an abortion fund, which is, you know, not something you always want to They're like, that is so amazing, and they want to talk, and they um, will, you know, host me for dinner and bring their friends so we can all talk about it. It's just, it's become a different climate um, from what I have noticed uh, before when I first um, came to Texas. Uh, So there are changes coming, um, and Texas Ledge better watch out next year is all I can (laughs) say. Yeah, I love hearing that. Yeah. I do. By the way, folks, we are talking to Jamie from Jane's Due Process. You can go to janesdueprocess.org. And, you know, it was only, uh, I believe, in the last couple of years that Illinois uh, legislated to allow minors to have an abortion without parental consent. So that makes it a place that also, for your for the folks that come to you, uh, makes Illinois a place that is a safe harbor for them to receive the care that they need. Correct? I mean, that's why you send them. <laughs> Poor girls have to fly here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and also, welcome. Yeah. Yeah. To Illinois, though, not, not even Chicago. It's like Southern Illinois somewhere. Yeah, still. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a recent change by um, a partner, our partners over at ICA um, fought for that change, and you know we supported how we could, but they were the they were the leaders on that, um, and we that is why we send them to Illinois because it's one of the few states. I mean, even Colorado, how progressive it is, um, still does parental notification. So they don't require the consent, but they do require you to give contact for their parents to your parent or to your guardian in order for them to even do the procedure, which is still just as harmful as requiring consent. Uh, can I, I, I was wondering, is it a full ban or is it still a six-week ban? I mean, up until six weeks. In Texas? Yes. It's a full ban. Um, and now the ban apparently states that um, emergencies, like medical emergencies, are the exception. But we've seen with Katie Cox that unless you are dying on the table, they don't consider it. Um, there are doctors that are not right. considering it. Right. Exception. Which like what other health issue would you wait? Like if I had like a if I had a cut. That I, I, I would treat it right away. I put a Band-Aid on it, right? But I'm not going to wait. Oh. Like, if I waited until it was infected and I have to lose the finger, then we're trying. Like, what other medical condition can someone have that they would want to have it basically nearly kill you before they'll do anything about it? It makes no sense. It, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. It's not safe for Texas. And doctors are so terrified of doing yes. anything that they just don't do anything at all. And that's even more harmful to a pregnant person. Um, and so, yes. you know, we see cases like this. And even when um, teens are accessing abortion and they're coming home, if they have any, like, health questions, we aren't doctors here at JDP, um, so we can't give you health advice. But they're afraid to go to emergency rooms to get things checked out, um, which can cause, you know, further problems if there is any type of complication. Have you have you talked to the or doctors or hospitals about ways that they can educate their patients about their options as well? Is there a movement to do that so that people have safe options to 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 do what they need to do until the Texas legislation figures their stuff out? 
Yeah, actually, our partners at um, Avow and ACLU are working, and ACLU Texas um, are working on um, some presentations to do with uh, with hospital officials and gynecologists and doctors on what rights they actually have. Um, the Pro- the the biggest problem is like the legal people at a doctor's office, like the 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 lawyering teams at big hospitals and things are like we just don't want to touch it at all, sure. no matter what you to say. Um, and so that's where the problem lies. Oh my god! Uh, I- so many different aspects of this. It's just so crazy for you guys to deal with as an organization in in. What seems to be one of the fifty states of, of the, con- of <laughs> well, the country. Well, to that to that point, there was recently a, a prison guard who was seven months pregnant and not allowed to leave her post. She said she felt contractions or felt like something was going on, and by the time she was able to seek treatment at a hospital, her fetus was dead. And they sued, and the state of Texas essentially is saying, "Well, that's not a person. They, the fetus had no rights." You oh, don't, you don't have, right. Is that is that am I kind of sh- sh- I short yeah. short uh, phrasing that well enough, Jamie? Yeah, you are short phrasing. I think I did see that story, um, which is so insane because how can you say that we are killing a person and that's why abortion is illegal? And then when you are killing a fetus that somebody wants, it's it's not a person. I don't understand. Right. And, and people are like, well, then, the, you know, if you guys are supporting the prison guard, no, we are using the logic that is available, essentially, I guess, in Texas, in the legislative branch and in the judicial branch, that it's murder. And, and this is what other states are moving towards is saying that it's murder and wanting to be able to prosecute and even include the death penalty. I believe Missouri is moving in that direction. And he, so here, Jamie, I don't I don't I don't want to freak anybody out. I've freaked people out before about this. And like, well, that, that can't happen. If it is determined that you can charge someone with murder, what's the statute? limitations on murder, Paul? I don't know. Paul? Paul? Never. Never. And then, so what's to keep people from going all the way for any woman who's ever had an abortion? And people are like, well, but it was legal then. Murder was legal? Because if you believe it, it was legal. So this whole, again, the rationale is insane. Circular logic. Yeah, it, it goes on and on. Yeah. I, I don't know how you do this every day, Jamie. <laughs> I mean, I know it's the work of helping people. It's just that you, you obviously you shouldn't have to. But I'm glad we're glad yeah. that you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm inspired by the work on the ground. I'm inspired by our Jane, some of which who now work for us. Um, you know, I'm inspired by our staff, our board, our partners, what they're doing. That's what keeps me going. And honestly, uh, my daughter is a huge inspiration in why I do this work. Um, I talk about pretty often at work, um, just in general, that I, I was a teen parent. I got pregnant um, at 16. I had my daughter on my 17th birthday and had so many medical complications. And so she is my little miracle baby. And me and her talk about abortion all the time. And she does presentations at school um, every time, almost every time she's asked, she does presentations on teens' access to abortion and why they should have that right without parents. (laughs) And they don't try to censor her in in Texas? That's great. (laughs) I think they are afraid because they know what I It's the liberal teachers. That's the problem in Texas. They got to go after them next. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) 
Let's hope they don't go after them. <laughs> <laughs> the teachers' union. That is wild. Again, folks, you can visit uh, Jane uh, www. I'm gonna do all the dot Ws. Uh, it's janesdueprocess.org. Uh, you can learn more about the work that they do. And Jamie, we would love to check in with you again if you want to reach out, uh, or we'll re- we'll circle back and see how we can support you. And if anything develops that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Please stay in touch. We love to talk about what the work that we're doing and how people can help. And one more thing, because I, I always remember this at the end. Sometimes people will write down notes of things they want to make sure they say. Was there anything left on the table that you wanted to share with us? Um, not that I can think of. I just want to thank you guys for reaching out and uh, making this space for us to talk about what's happening in Texas. Um, and to your listeners, thank you uh, for your support. Um, and please go visit our website, donate. We're at the end of our, fi- our fundraising cycle, so we'd love to see, um, we'd love to be able to hear our goal for the year. I really appreciate that, folks. So it's uh, it's a good time to give, uh, especially now with heading into 2024. There's a lot of work to be done, and uh, and we really could use more people like Jamie and Jane to process. Have a great evening. Have a wonderful holiday season, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you. Sounds great. Thank you, you guys, too. Thank That's you. Thank uh, you. org. Correct. Yay. Bye, Jamie. Let's take a break here, and uh, we'll be right back after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Thank you for hanging out we drive it home. Uh, we'll be done here in about 25 minutes, and then uh, we'll, you'll have Mike Crute and Devil's Advocates, and then Matt McNeil, who joins the WCPT lineup in the evenings, and of course some uh, rebroadcasts after that. Uh, joining me in studio is comedian Paul Farvar, who is a retired lawyer. Oh, 773-763-9278 if you want some uh, legal advice that we'll have to figure out what the disclaimer is as far as uh, possible. Some things I still know about, but right. uh, most things I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've helped me out at least once on a on a bit of a yeah, tricky situation. I, I I always help out comedians too. I get every, at least weekly. I'll get one or two comedians ask me a legal question. Some of them are funny and nonsensical, but others are uh, are good. Okay. So so if you if you have some uh, legal uh, issues most, in your life, but yeah. it may it may not be uh, useful, but we can uh, can't help bounce it around a little can't bit with hurt. Paul. Yeah, can't I can hurt. Talk. There's certain things I do know about. Uh, I do know about voter laws, so oh, that's, there you go. That, that was one happened to be one of the cases I handled. And so. personal injury laws, personal injury, insurance laws, uh, civil rights stuff. Yeah, oh, I can do some stuff. That's pretty good range. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah, I know. Copyrights. Recent, you were talking earlier uh, about uh, reading the Alan Alda. Uh, biography, memoir, yeah. the memoir. Uh, he was huge. Uh, his character Hawkeye was uh, a very liberal character. Yeah. I mean, he was very against the war. He was uh, f- yeah. somewhat progressive. I mean, there's there's some problematic elements of Mash, in particular when it comes to gender and sexual assault. Oh <laughs> there's, yeah, there's one where they basically set Loretta Swift like hot lips up for. Yeah. To see her naked or something. Yeah, like that. all kinds yeah, of. Yeah. Oh, that was in the movie where they they, oh, right, they right, tear right. down the uh, showers, right. um, which was a different actress uh, that played Hot Lips in the movie. Anyway, only one actor is in the movie and in the series, which would be Radar. Okay. Yeah, Radar is in both. The his character Ellen. I'm not in that far of the book yet. He was raised by. Uh, an actor, and uh, you yeah. know, he was on the vaudeville tour. But his character on. Um, I feel like we're talking about it like he passed away. We should be <laughs> well, careful. He's Alan Alda's alive. Uh, 
he his character on West Wing was great too. Oh the, yeah, the, the, that guy. Did he play a, an atheist? I think that was he was running for president. Yeah, he was running as a Republican. Yeah, but he was. But wasn't he an atheist? Yeah, he Which was. A but weird... he didn't want to bring it up, right? Because people were, obviously. And then uh, I just also finished uh, Henry Winkler's. Ooh. Autobiography, which was really good too. I reached out to his people when he because he was in town. Yeah, I know our friend stuff. Jerry got to meet him at his uh, book signing at oh, one okay. of the venues. Um, well, first, uh, Alan Alda, uh, I uh, going back to West Wing because you've been you had finished, finished rewatching. It, yeah. How great was Matthew Perry on that series? He was great. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did. He had a very complex character. He played it really well. Yeah, he was a lot great. of those. And and on New Heart, which I'm watching, I've just finished watching New Heart now. There's a lot of uh, guests on that too a lot of comedians oh, yeah. Bill Maher was, Bill Maher oh, was yeah. on it uh, there was the what's the guy's name from uh, Full House uh, Coulier, just Dave, was, Coulier. Oh, Dave Coulier Steve Cut was on it, it. Out, yeah whatever. he was on it a lot of uh, a lot of people on that show but that show's great I'm a big fan of, of comedy writing on that. It was yeah. amazing. So that's fun. We we do not have a, a question about uh, uh, any legal issues, but Good. Kevin Kevin from Niles has uh, a joke for us. Go ahead, Kevin. Do I need to be by the dump? <laughs> so, <one? laughs> yeah, no, that's right. So if a priest gets his law degree, does that make him a father-in-law? <laughs> That's good stuff. That's a dad. But I'm fine. Have a good night. I'm going to use that tonight. Well done. That was one of my favorite shows I've ever done was with you on New Year's Eve when we did two shows. We did one for the families and we did like the kind of make me laugh. Yeah, 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 we did basically dad jokes. Yeah, Yeah, we were trying to make the kids laugh. We did uh, uh, the, not bozo buckets, but uh, buckets from a chair. We were throwing candy and they had them. We had the kids throwing. Yeah, for the kids. Yeah, that was fun. That was very fun. Uh, It was just a really fun New Year's. Are you doing New Year's I'm in Port Washington. I'm at Memories uh, Ballroom in Port Washington, Wisconsin. Okay. Along with Jim McHugh, Des Mulrooney, and... And uh, my, uh, Katie my, Min- Miners. Yeah. Katie Miners, yes. Yeah, she's great. Put the S in the wrong place. Fine. Yeah, so that, that's a fun show. Two girls, two boys, I guess. Two girls, two boys. I think that's three boys. No, Jim Jim McHugh and Desmond Rooney and me and Katie Miners. Oh, yeah. I, for- no. <laughs> I forgot you're a woman, too. I... <laughs> 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 I was. Uh, I just saw. Um, I'm, I was part of a documentary uh, that was called. I think it was first called um, "Laugh Till You're Winded." Michael Alexander did a documentary, oh, right, yeah. and then I believe it's been re-edited and then released on Apple. I have never seen it, and then I saw that Michael posted like the whole thing today. And um, I, so I haven't watched myself. Uh, I had asked Michael when we were doing it. They had the cameras like right here and under me. Under I was yeah. at, at the zany stage, right? And I've seen that angle before, and it didn't look great. And uh, anyway, I pushed back on, and I, I felt like a diva, but I, I know what I look like, and it's just a request yeah. when I'm doing something for free um, to look good, right? Anyway, I look fine. Uh, I'm very happy because it was like seven years ago, so I'm so oh, I was yeah. thinner. And I love seven years ago of me. Seven years ago, me was in great shape. She was doing CrossFit and everything. But I was really grateful, and I'll have to reach out to Michael for this. Um, we were talking about women in comedy in Chicago. Kristen Toomey, me, Megan, me and Megan Gailey, Marsha Warfield were all kind of featured in that segment. And I'm really grateful that he let me pay tribute to Diana Limo, who was a local comedian that took me under her wing because they often clubs won't book two women on a show. Yeah. And uh, including Zanies, Bert in uh, Chicago. It's not, that, not true at the Laugh Factory. There are plenty of shows that Almost have too many women. There. <laughs> 
but uh, but Diana Limo, uh, you know, was on the road and she goes, hey, and she would call me and be like, what are you doing on whatever weekend? Sometimes it was like a week before and she would take me on the road. Yeah. And uh, she took me to Wiley's in Dayton, Ohio. That was where I, I first worked there. And they moved me up to Headline after that, which was really Heck nice. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it was really nice. They even have a picture of her in the documentary. So I felt really good that I got to do that. And we got to interview Marsha Warfield uh, oh, on your show. Remember? We got to interview Gosh, her, for, and uh, for we, her. That's right. Marsha Warfield. After uh, Harry had passed away. Harry that's Anderson. right. I remember that. That yeah. was a huge opportunity for me because I was a huge fan of Night Court as a kid. So. Yeah, she was lovely. Yeah. I think she was coming into town. We'll have to talk to Rick Geezer about having her on again. Yeah, Maybe we'll talk about fun. the documentary mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that was edited by Dwayne Kennedy, who's a... Oh, he's the best. He is seriously... I had him on my new podcast, and it was like, I was so excited. I, it was hard not to fan out, even though, you know, we're friends, but it just, it's fun to just... Oh, no. I do the same so thing. Funny. When he's in studio, I'm just like, just keep talking. He's so funny. He really is. And then you're talking about being a diva. Like, I'm editing. Uh, I've got a new podcast uh, called Why Are You Awake, which you're going to do, hopefully, soon. Um and I and I was like telling my cameraman, I'm like, make sure I don't. Can we cut out the part above my stomach or below my stomach? I don't want people to see how much I've gained in the last seven years. So, it's, but it's your podcast or it's your part on that show. You, you're not being a diva if you want to look good, right? It's so funny because I can see it. You can see in the video where I'm like kind of turned sideways, like I'm trying to sit, like <laughs> I'm like trying to cover my. Well, you, belly. when you start getting comfortable, you forget that there's a camera on you, yeah. right? And so. And I'm so for so many years I had a podcast with you, Patty, right. singles only, where it was on the only audio, so I didn't have to worry about my fidgeting or whatever. But now it's a video, it's uh, it's both audio and video for my new podcast. So that's like, great. Oh, you gotta be, you gotta pay attention. Do I have to be in the room with you, or we do yeah, it by do. Zoom? Why can't we do it by Zoom? No, because it's uh, okay. I got a room. You guys see the new room? You got a room in your podcast in your apartment? Room. It's a podcast room. I'm not going to disclose where it's at. Okay. You can find out where it is when you do the podcast. Okay. Uh, from Dave in Hoffman Estates, he, he's texting. Uh, I know this is way before either of yours time. Do you either you know the name of the football movie that Alan Alda starred in? And we can't Google that. I'm, I'm I don't guessing. know. He doesn't mention it in his memoir or he even gotten to that I part. haven't gotten that. I'm, I'm just, I'm only at him in college right now. In oh. The oh, how cool. Yeah, yeah. Where do you go to? Fordham. You went to Fordham. Mm-hmm. That's in New York? I don't know. Or Boston? I assume so. I think it's something like I think that. It's in New York. Uh, he also, Dave says, Patty, don't you and Paul find it, find it some chutzpah with Jim Jordan whining about Hunter Biden I refusing <laughs> to go behind closed doors for him to testify before their yeah, committee because he gonna, refused to, the yeah, subpoena. Yeah, he didn't do it. Yeah. It, it's funny because Jim Jordan didn't offer to testify in open, in the open either. No. He just said, he just... Flat out refused. Yeah. yeah. So he could have done either, I think. Right. He could have done either. Yeah. yeah. He could have just said, no, I wanted it in open. But that's, that's the, that's the great thing that they're, they're afraid of. Yeah. And I don't know what they're afraid of. They'll get some shots in. I'm sure they will. I mean, what's her name? Stefanik looks so good with those, uh, with the Harvard people. Oh my that God. SNL had a great spoof about oh it. Oh my God. I just. I, I they were bureaucrats about it. That that was the problem. They yeah. were, and, and uh, I think that they. I I felt like they were sloppy. I thought it was very clumsy performances across the board. I, I don't know how you sit there and you're third or even second after the first person answers <laughs> and it goes badly, and you decide you're going to answer the exact the same, same way. way. Are you kidding me? Solidarity. Yeah. Are you, it, it was bad. Are you not hearing it? It's like. Um, and and the thing about that is it just plays into that role of this Ivy League uh, elitism. Right. That is yeah. just not good for, no. for, it's not a good look. No. 
It's not like I look. It's so funny. But it, I, yeah, I, I think I think it is ironic. I think Jim Jordan is one of my least favorite human beings. I think he's such a horrible person. And people look to him for the law, but he's never sat for the bar. And he says these things on Twitter. And I kind of troll him a lot. But he says these things that first-year law degree... First year law students, no, are not accurate. And I'm not saying I'm I'm like a legal scholar, but I did I did sit for the bar and I and I passed it on the first try. No big deal. Excellent. Um, so this guy is like the head of the judiciary, and he doesn't even really know the law, and yeah. and he defies the law. And here you have a situation where Hunter Biden challenges them, says, "Okay, yeah, I'll testify, but in the open. Why are you afraid?" You're this head of judiciary. You you like to get sound bites. Why are you afraid right. to face another lawyer? Other lawyers face lawyers, other lawyers all the time. Right. Why are you afraid? And it's just it's just so silly. Well, and, and any explanation about why it needs to be behind closed doors makes absolutely no sense. They didn't make any sense. The only reason that the guy, the one guy said, what's the Comer? He's like, oh, we're not going to let him govern it. He doesn't get to make the decision. That's not true at all. In court, the witness always decides. When you have to give a test, you have to give a uh, to get a deposition of a doctor. You have to go to their office. You have to you have to accommodate the witness in some settings. That's how it works in depositions. You don't always get to decide where it takes place. If you really need the testimony, you make it happen. You go to that state. Right. You you can't subpoena someone in in New York for a case in 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 Chicago. You say, yeah, we'll come to you. We'll find an office that's within five miles of your location, and uh, and you take the deposition. Right, that's how it works. Because here's the thing: they're not investigating him; they're no. investigating his father. So right. he would be a witness to that. Right. So why wouldn't they allow him to be in their committee 100%. hearing in front of the cameras? It's so bizarre, and uh, and uh, I think that it's great that Hunter's pushing back. I read his. His memoir too. I read all memoirs, by Apparently. the way. Just and uh, and he did. He, I mean, obviously it's it's uh, slanted. But he he's he had a he had a great career as a lawyer. I mean, he's not some idiot that people are like. Oh, he's not qualified. Actually, he was pretty qualified to do a lot of things. He's he's got a law degree from a fine law school and. And, he's, and he talks about his addiction. He talks about how dehumanizing yeah. the Republicans have been. Uh, Marjorie Trader Greene showing him his naked, his yeah. naked picture, uh, you know, drawing drawing ire and hatred to his family. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, he he had his demons. I mean, it's like it's crazy that that they do that. But that's politics. But <laughs> the, he didn't even. It's not even him. He's not even in politics. That mm-hmm. that would be like uh, people attacking Trump's kid. His youngest kid. Well, exactly. And and they have uh, convinced people that Joe Biden, that President Biden benefited from Hunter Biden's business. And, and without any, again, like they don't even know that it's just what Republicans say over and over again. And Fox amplifies. It, it's, it. it's the, listen, I think there's a lot of things that you can attack Joe Biden for. I I think there's a lot of things that you can have legitimate logical arguments as to where he's failing on both sides, the right side and the and the far left and the far right, whatever. But the one thing you can't argue with him on, and the thing that they keep trying to stick to him is that he's somehow um corrupt. And the thing is is uh you can't be in politics as long as he has <laughs> And not leave and, a paper trail and not leave a paper and, and not just that, but like they're saying he's a money. They're like, oh, he was looking for money. This guy 
could have left when he left as a vice president, he could have just sat as of counsel at any of the big law firms making two to five million dollars a year to literally do nothing. And he didn't accept those roles or a lobby. He could have lobbied for multiple things or didn't speaking roles, whatever. Probably not speaking roles because he's not the greatest speaker. But like, hey, now it's just true. But the I fact like is, what's that? I like his speeches. I think when he speaks from the heart, it's real, but he can't, he's not a good uh, teleprompter. Yeah. And he goes off, he goes off the cuff way too much, but he could have done all that. He's not motivated by money. And, and a lot of these people that are career politicians, you can, you can say that they're hungry for power. You could say that they're, they're greed or whatever, or, or they, they, I, I don't know. I don't know the, the shots of people that anyone that stays in politics for 30 plus years and isn't motivated by money. I, you got to give them some respect. That's not their Mitt Romney is he's kind of like that. He's not motivated by money because he has. He's money. So, yeah, he's so wealthy. Right. But he does have a sincere belief in, in his ideologies. He's in whether you agree with him or not. He's that's. He's not a he's, Paul is also a recovering uh, Republican folks. That's just, true. So I, have, I have several recovering Republican I friends. I voted Republican in the past too. I, I'll, not this party, but I, I, I've definitely voted Republican. I'm, I'm more moderate on a lot of things, but but you can't you can't attack Biden for being corrupt. And they're not going to find anything. And maybe and I looked at that stuff during break. Maybe this Ken Buck and all these people are, and they made a point when they voted. They're like, this is just to to do the investigation. It doesn't mean we're going to find anything and let them do that. Well, but the thing is, there's not a timeline on how long an inquiry can last. So they can do this all the way to election day next year. What are they going to find? Except to just keep beating the drum of he's corrupt without having to show anything. They don't don't show anything for their work, which they, they never show anything for their work. They have no policy. They have nothing positive to offer the American people. At all. 773-763-9278. I know I have hate listeners. I know I have Republicans (laughs) that listen to the show. Tell me what Republicans have to offer. The American people. House House Republicans, especially. Just, just in general. What, what, yeah. po- what, what positive... Well, this party is totally... This isn't the Republican Party that we grew up in. I, I can, At least that I grew up with. I think it's not. It's not the same party. Even look at all these people leaving. You know, Mitt Romney said that. Uh, but don't you think there were John things McCain? that you tolerated or went... Well, it's not... It's, you know, the, the dog whistles, the all the... It, True. All that the, always exists. All, right. Welfare queens and right. Willie Horton, all these things. Like that was always. And so you tolerated that because of the policy. Like the like we asked people before when they supported Trump, it was always like that one policy, whether it was foreign. Whatever uh, or, their issue is, yeah, that's all they care about. Abortion, whether it's abortion, yeah. whether it's the. Didn't care about anything else. Government or, uh, or, or the economy. And that's the thing. I think when the economy, if the economy continues to grow and things go right, then you're going to see. They, they need something else to attack Biden on. Yeah. And some of the policies that he's implementing, they could go they could go south. But it looks like they're going the way that they think he's got good advisors on the economy. And, uh, you know, it's growing faster than other countries. That's for sure. Yep. Let's take a break here. Oh, yeah. Let's take a break here. We're hanging out with comedian Paul Farvar. Go to paulfcomedy.com. He'll be at the Laugh Factory tonight. If you feel like going out for a show, maybe you live near the club and mm-hmm. want to see the show at 8 o'clock. More after this on WCPT 820. Heartland Signal and KTNF, 950 AM, Minneapolis, St. Paul. 
Two years ago, the bipartisan infrastructure law was passed by Congress and signed into law. It was a once-in-a-generation investment in America's infrastructure that strengthened the American economy and our global competitiveness while lowering costs for middle-class families across the country. The law is rebuilding America's roads, railways, and bridges. It's created good-paying, clean energy jobs that boost middle-class families and support domestic manufacturing. And it's tackling the climate crisis by protecting us from future natural disasters, reducing greenhouse gas emissions, and expanding access to clean drinking water. But more must be done to combat the climate crisis so we build upon the progress we've made and don't go backward. Please call your representative in Congress at 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. And tell them to keep investing in a clean energy future that fights climate change. Paid for by House Majority Forward. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Hanging out with comedian Paul Farvar in studio. Uh, what shows do you have coming up aside from the Laugh Factory this evening? I'm at the Prairie Center in Schaumburg tomorrow at 6.30. I'm headlining a show filled with amazing comedians. And then uh, I'm in. Uh, I'm actually in Minnesota this weekend in, in oh. Rochester at uh, Goonies in Goonies. Minneapolis. Or oh, Minnesota, so yeah. Excellent. So go to Goonies. Headlining there. Uh, go to paulfcomedy.com or follow him on Facebook. Instagram. At and Paul Farber, yeah. Excellent. Common spelling. F A R H V A R. F A R. If you put Paul F A R at Instagram, I pop up, which is good. Or Paul F, I think I pop up. Or, yeah, I think it pops up pretty quickly now that I'm so it's almost an influencer. Nice. And he's got a dry bar special that you can check out as well. Dry bar special. And then my uh, Helium Records album is coming out next year as well. I just got the first draft that I haven't watched yet. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Like uh, we have several answers, uh, all the same answer, in regards to Dave's question about the football movie that Alan Alda was in. Uh, it was called Paper Lion, play, who was uh, playing. Wait, and then there's a couple people. They gave answers. Uh, let's see. He played the writer George Plimpton, uh, who tried out for the Detroit Lions as a writing assignment for Sports Illustrated. Okay. That's the full answer. Makes so sense. Yeah, there you go. Uh, is there, I'm trying to remember what else I wanted to say. We've got a couple minutes left here. Uh, what are your plans through the holidays? Uh, I'm going to be in Vegas next week. I'm performing at uh, Brad Garrett's mm-hmm. next week. And then um, then I come back here to do uh, New Year's Eve at the Hilton for mm-hmm. the big Hilton uh, event. And uh, that's it. Excellent. That's all I have planned. Very fun. I think. I don't know. And then my, I'm launching my new <laughs> podcast, uh, Why Are You Awake? If you listen to the Singles Only podcast before, you'll still be able to do it the same channel. And then it'll be on my YouTube page at Paul F. Comedy. Excellent. Uh, I think I'm releasing it next week, actually. All right. Why Are You Awake? Why Are You Awake? It's talks to people that are up late at night. All right. Are you still a night owl? Um, sometimes. Depends on if Declan won't go to sleep. So yeah. sometimes I'm awake because of Declan. Uh, sometimes he, he uh, doesn't want to do bedtime. But you were like level two night owl. I like used to where be. Where it would be like 4 a.m. Yeah. But being up past midnight is still a night owl. Okay. So you're still, in, I assume oh, you don't yeah. go. Generally, I'm awake until about one. Yeah. In general. Yeah. 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 You're level one night owl. I'm nowhere near what we used to do when yeah. I was at w, the, the other station. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. I mean, there were times. And then because when you're done working, like, you don't go home and go right to bed. You get so, food, and, yeah. Yeah, Scott still remembers going out and uh, being you know, like going for one, and we'd be at a 4 a.m. bar right. closing it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are fun times. <laughs> we had a good time. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for all the great memories mm-hmm. and for the support that you gave me in very trying times. Yeah. I was telling somebody the entire story today, and I almost started crying just thinking about how bad. Oh, it yeah. was. It was a nightmare. So, and here I was in the hallway one day, and the station manager, Mark Pinsky, said, "Hey, I need to talk to you." And I was like, "Oh, what did I do?" And he goes, "You know, 
I've never had a problem with you. And he seemed surprised because <laughs> of all the rumors from the other station. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a fun time other was, than that. But the show was great. Someday I'm going to write a book called uh, The Show Was Great, Everything Else Was BS. Yeah. <laughs> also want to uh, give a shout out to the Chicago comedy community. We lost uh, an amazing comedian, Kenny DeForest, uh, passed away. Mm. So sad. Uh, all the all the tributes are pouring out. He was hit by a bike. Uh, if you want to donate to his family, you can. But uh, he had. we thought he was going to recover. I, I know a lot of people were asking me about stuff that oh. happened to him on Sunday when they did the brain surgery because my brother was a neurosurgeon. I was like, oh, yeah, it should be fine. And then today we just oh. heard the news. It's so bad. He was such young. A yeah. Funny comedian. Such a great guy. Kenny DeForest. Go watch some of his clips if you have time. So funny. Such a, and he was a very progressive comedian. He, he talked about stuff on stage that a lot of people were afraid to talk about. Such a, such a funny, funny comedian and such a, such a tragic loss. And I wasn't very close to him, but I know a lot of my friends. Uh, my, my thoughts are with all you guys. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you for that, Paul. I appreciate sorry it. Sorry to leave on such a sad note. Well, I also oh. was, I, I failed to mention that uh, I was a big fan of Andre Browers, who also yeah. passed away. And he was a Chicagoan who graduated yeah, from St. Ignatius. Yeah. yeah. Really incredible actor. Joan mentioned this earlier. He was a standout in a movie with all standouts, which was Glory, when he was very young. Yeah. He played uh, Matthew Broderick's friend. He played the uh, he, uh, Robert Shaw's friend from Boston. Okay. And was, in, was just magnificent. So uh, very sad about Kennedy DeForest. And I know he was uh, involved in a bicycle accident. He was hit yeah. by a driver. So yeah, yeah. Uh, a reminder that uh, pedestrians uh, and cyclists have the right of way. I, I know that it's people want to just run people over. It's just, I can't. It's really heartbreaking. So sad, yeah. But thank you for letting us know, Paul. Go to paulfcomedy.com. Thank you so much, Andy, for keeping the, the show running smoothly. Mike Crute's up next with Devil's Advocates. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>